If you're an executive or HR professional grappling with how to restart your business and what you'll be facing going forward as our country gets back to work, then you'll want to stay tuned. Every day, you as an executive make decisions that balance the needs of employees, customers with profitability. The challenge always has been and will continue to be how to remain focused on the mission, hold others accountable, and responsible for their actions in a compassionate way. Managers and executives will be faced with both employees and customers concerned about their physical and psychological safety for years to come. Your engagement strategy of the future will have to do more than put out slogans, and executives across the board will need to demonstrate a blend of compassionate capitalism if they intend to thrive as we adjust to the new normal. Wondering how to do this for your organization? Then you'll want to listen to my next guest and share this podcast with your team, your friends, and everyone reporting to you. My guest is Chris Powell, CEO of Talmetrics, whose company captures, connects, and correlates data to generate relevant insights that improve employee experience, engagement, retention, and employer brand reputation. Chris is sharing his thoughts on what executives and HR professionals can expect as we get back to business. Chris is one of those unique executives who had just senior HR roles as well as been in operations. So his insights are relevant to everyone. Good morning, listeners. How are you today? This is Denise Cooper, and you are listening to Closing the Gap and Leading Remarkably. My guest today is someone that I have known for a number of years. I can't even tell you because I'd have to shoot you if I did. Uh, How long the two of us have been uh, buddies uh, in this world of high growth HR companies. And uh, his name is Chris Powell. He's the CEO of Calmetrics. He's worked for companies like Scripps Network Interactive, Marriott, ING. And he has been a pioneer and leader in this whole area of, of people are really organisms and they're part of a human system, not unlike what you have in your operation. So work happens, as you've heard me say before, because we have systems. Systems are run by people. They work well because of the people you have and the connectivity and collaboration that you have in your organization and they don't work well because of the same things. During this day, as uh, we are now entering 40th day of the coronavirus, I thought it would be interesting to see um, and talk to my friend Chris Powell, how he's seeing what's going on and where are we headed and how can um, executives in particular take a heavier leadership or more impactful leadership with their HR so that they understand how to measure what's happening and can predict um, where the productivity is going to be and where they're going to have to plan in the future. So with that, good morning, Chris. How's it going? Hey, Denise. It goes well. Thanks for having me. It's a great morning. So ready to dive deep into some good chatter with you today. Oh, we always have these fabulous conversations. Sometimes I wish we could, we should have taped many of them before, <laughs> uh, because we see so much alike about, we think so much about, and we've worked together 
in areas where it's really about stepping back and watching the whole ecosystem of an organization, right? Yes, I so agree, and I'm excited to talk with you because I have a new name for you, um, um, EP. You're an elevating partner to um, help me continue to expand my thought and perspective of what's happening now as well. So thank you for having me on the uh, podcast today. Woo! I might have to adopt that. So if I'm hey, no it, longer the CE, I'm the elevating partner. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sounds good. So, you know, let's kind of step back and in that, you know, we're actually, I like to think we're in the space shuttle, right, at, you know, or the space station, looking mm -hmm. down over the field. And now the conversation is about going back to work, getting our country restarted. And there's going to be some interesting things happening um, as a result of that. So what are you hearing from your customers, your peers, the councils that you're sitting on? Oh, Denise, there's a lot happening in this whole um, conversation around restarting um, not only the economy but our communities and things of sorts. So uh, there's a couple of different things I'm hearing in those conversations. One is <clears throat> what are going to be the factors at an individual level for a person to feel that they've got the confidence and the optimism and the safety that, hey, it's okay for me to return, quote, unquote, back to work or return to my previous uh, behavior patterns or movement at mobility patterns, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so on one level, companies are thinking through, well, what does social distancing look like? What is um, safe workplace practices that we can put in place to, um, you know, to have people work more than six feet apart and cleaning supplies and gloves and masks and all of those rules and temperature checks and all those policy decisions because those are going to hit upon and companies are now trying to think through what are the implications on civil liberties and civil rights of individuals, right, in terms of some of these new um, policies or practices that they want to put in place. So there's a lot of chatter and conversation around that aspect. Then there's the other conversation around the physical um, assets, meaning the offices space and uh, factory spaces and just in general. You know, what does that look like um, and how does that show up? Do you have um, cleaning crews come through periodically every two hours and, you know, do a deep clean, clean, cleaning of the, uh, of the space? And, or do you put that um, accountability on the employees to self-clean and monitor their own spaces? So a lot is happening there. But the one area um, that um, is still formulating is, all right, how do we enable and equip and support employees from a mindset standpoint of, of, of coming back to work into this, you've heard probably the phrase, return to X, because we're not quite sure yet on the impact, the financial impact to, of coronavirus on the economy in general, and then what's going to be um, the implications of that going forward. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about restaurants. Yeah, it'd be great to be able to go sit in a restaurant, but if a restaurant yeah. can only have a third of the mm -hmm. patrons at a given time, well, mm -hmm. what does that do to their economic model? Is that sustainable for them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so there's still a lot of X factors in that the coronavirus is literally impacted um, just about every dimension of life as I know it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it will continue to have that impact until we can really assess where people are in terms of their mindset. We know mindset influences the stock market. <laughs> mindset right. influences how work gets done. Mindset influences our relationships with our family. And so right now the human condition or the human mindset is in a really interesting place because it's dealing with an agent unknown to us in our lifetime. Yeah, and and, and it's interesting that, you know, this is happening at this particular time because one of the problems that you're you're bringing up is clearly about the business and the impact on the business itself. Mm-hmm. But this idea of the human factor, trust, mm-hmm. believability, safety, those are all factors that we've been talking about in the HR space for, what, 60 years? We just packaged it as employee engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, when you think of engagement, the result of high engagement is high productivity, innovation. Um, in a crisis, the ability for a team to kind of pull together, swarming, forming leadership, um, and 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 it's not just intact teams, but interdependent teams pulling together to come up with really good ideas. And so that's kind of what you see is breaking down or shifting a lot here. But this question of psychological safety, hope, optimism, resilience, and efficacy or agency in the workplace, mm-hmm. we, you know, HR struggles to give good data around that. We can tell when people are not engaged, but understanding what that level of moderate engagement, it's been 50, 60 years we've been measuring this. Have we made any progress in this area? And I know your company is doing some really good, interesting work about that. Yeah, you know, progress is being made, um, Denise, in this space around understanding engagement. And then if I can um, play back uh, a point you made earlier, you know, uh, clearly one of the uh, desired outcomes from having higher levels of engagement is around productivity, performance, innovation, um, you know, et cetera. But in the moment of a crisis, you know, we we tend to go to make sure that our basic needs are covered, more of those implicit mm-hmm. needs, right? Yep, 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 and you yep. use the word psychological safety, right? Yes. And not only are we thinking about psychological safety, but we're also now thinking about physical safety. Yeah. Right? And so it, and if you, you attribute this back to the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're now down back at the bottom of that pyramid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And how and, fast we went, you know? Right, 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 right. It was like the fall from grace was really quick. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Uh, um, from that perspective. And and when you're dealing with the human condition or the human mindset at that basic level, um, you have to rethink and reimagine what engagement looks like as you move up through the scale. There's a... Um, a book, and I'm going to miss the author's name for two seconds. It will come to me in a second, Power Versus Force, where it talks about everything is on a continuum, right? Mm -hmm. And so here with the engagement, we're now at the beginning of the continuum. Do people feel safe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, And if you can't really give some degree of confidence or people to have some degree of confidence and trust that they feel safe, the likelihood of you getting them to move up through the higher order of, uh, 
you know, um, um, self-actualization, which is at the top, mm-hmm. it's going to be a minute before you are able to get there because, you know, trust is easily lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the way I, I, I kind of break it down for uh, my clients is, is that the first thing that happens, no matter what, in our personality or our persona, is that we have a feeling. We mm-hmm. we feel first, and it's so fast, less than point zero zero seven seconds. And from that feeling, we create a story, which is our critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And that is the point where we tell the story that helps us formulate what decisions and behavior we're going to move for. So it's how do I feel, and if I don't feel safe, if I don't feel, you know, physically safe, psychologically safe, that tell I have a story that says why. And it's usually rooted in some previous experience or perceived future experience that I think is going to happen. And then I make decisions from that. And then from those decisions, I begin to behave. Mm-hmm. And the story I might tell you is very different than the story that might be going on in my head. Because if the trust was low in the workplace before and I didn't feel like I could tell you the truth, this whole idea of, you know, we don't bring our personal problems to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if I have an underlying illness that, you know, COVID-19 or the coronavirus might impact, I'm not sure I want to tell you because I don't know what you're going to do with that data. You know, Denise, you're, you're hitting on it, right? That trust factor, right? Um, we were working with a recent client just about self-reporting of things like uh, sexual orientation or um, – disabilities or any of those things. And we even have trouble with that when the economy is at full throttle. So Mm -hmm. imagine if you're taking it back down to something that is innate to you, Mm -hmm. i.e. your in addition additional innate things that are far more private that people don't share, i.e. health status, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And the level of disclosure, and you think about the complexity with HIPAA and all of these other things that are going to pop up from a policy standpoint and risk for organizations to consider. But that's mm-hmm. at the organ level. But at the human level, right, I'm already afraid that because even if I haven't been discriminated against in the past, I am fearful that mm-hmm. I will be discriminated going forward based mm-hmm. on this. Yes. Yes, and then, and then the other side of the disclosure, because as my mm-hmm. listeners know, you know, I take care of my mother, and there hasn't been an HR policy, except recently a few companies are doing it, where I could say, I can't come to work because what you're going to give me or what I potentially will get, I may not get sick, but I'll be a carrier that takes it back into my home. Right. And with childhood asthma, um COPD and other diabetes and other comorbidity issues, this is a huge conversation that is going to keep us in this physical, psychological quandary for a little while, and we've never been here. Right. So how do we, what, what do you think? What are you guys thinking in your think tank? How do we move this forward? What kind of leadership do we need, and, and you know, what, how do we do better? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you talk about what's the um, kind of in this moment in time and going forward, what type of leadership um, do we need to see? And I was reading and prep for our conversations, our conversation here, um, some things that you had shared with me around this whole concept of 
um, the new framework around leadership is more democratic leadership, and not Democrat meaning Democrat versus Republican kind of leadership, but more dem democratic meaning that there's individual accountability and expectation that each of us are uh, are and will be leaders going forward because I, I shared this with um, some of our customers recently. <clears throat> I said, you know, this pandemic has called forward individual accountability unlike mm -hmm. anything else I have ever seen in yep. my lifetime. Okay? Yep, yep, yep. And I kind of equated it to 9-11, which was another shared experience for us here, specifically in the U.S., where mm -hmm. I said, that was tragic. No hands about it. But the level of accountability that I myself had to, to, to assume post 9-11 was nowhere near the level of accountability that um, I will need to assume post-COVID-19. Yes, exactly. Things like, do I report my fellow worker if I happen to overhear, which happened to me. I had a client that said, I don't know whether I should report them or not because they were talking about COVID in their household. Mm -hmm. And now they're working with us. Right. We don't do that. You know, what do I do if I suspect somebody's coughing in the workplace? Mm -hmm. How does how do you have re better remote leadership because a company may decide, you know what, we're going to wait a little while? Mm-hmm. Right. And... Um, Jesus, you just gave me another rabbit hole for us to go down this whole concept of remote leadership and the impact on inclusion, right? If we yeah. tie it back to the Maslow's piece, right? Yeah. That yeah. whole piece around belongingness. So whatever inherent and innate um, unconscious biases that I have, do they get mm -hmm. exacerbated because we're no longer in proximity to each other? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, it's a whole other rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and maybe we'll, and maybe in a couple of weeks you'll come back and we can go down that one with you know maybe a good panel discussion. Yeah, that one was it's really really interesting because as as you were stating there about this whole leadership framework, right? Um, yeah. That is needed is it's it's um. It, it's, I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about the collective consciousness. And I would say our collective consciousness has shifted in a major kind of way uh, to the point I don't think people quite know yet. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying this moment, this time, calls for individual leadership and accountability in terms of how you govern yourself. And mm. one of the things that I've always talked about, you know, in – leadership um, development and modeling is our first job is to self-manage. In this case, yeah. let's call it self-manage and self-govern. Mm -hmm. I can't lead you <laughs> or lead mm -hmm. others until mm -hmm. I know how to lead myself. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like the, you know, when you're traveling, they say put your oxygen mask on first yeah. and then yeah. assist others. Yeah. I think this is fundamentally an opportunity for each person to learn even more so how to lead um, lead and have accountability at the individual level because until that starts to happen, uh, it's going to make the recovery process even longer because if you're expecting someone to tell you what you need to do, 
that's going to be problematic as we go through this, um, as yeah. we move through this, I should say. Yeah. And, and the other side of it is managers who continue to manage the how work is done versus the results that are happening mm-hmm. are going to struggle because you can't physically see, nor are you going to be able to do it the same way you used to do it. You can't micromanage. You can't physically watch. You can't step up and say, hey, how you doing? Because people are going to be a little, you know, jumpy about you getting in their personal space, which is now doubled for most in the most cases, right? Right. Um, and right. the other thing I want to pick up on is, is that I think we've been moving to this individual leadership for a very long time. What we say it to, you know, in training and development programs for individuals is, is we say you have to manage up. Well, that's leadership, not by the role or the title, but that's what we're asking people to do. Now we're asking them to hone it at a whole different level. Right. Well, it's kind of interesting that you um, use the phrase framework of um, managing up, mm-hmm. because even when you're at the top of an organization, and I've, you know, supported C-suites, been in C-suites, you know, a good chunk mm-hmm. of my career, and even there, I used to always remind the leaders of sitting around that table. Um, we're working for the folks that we think we're leading, and yes. so. You know, that whole servant leadership mindset and framework, um, which fortunately I got um, exposed to early in my career when I was working at Marriott around servant leadership. Um, I think that's the companies that are going to get this right is where that is already embedded in their DNA. I think you're right. I think this is going to, you know, you remember Jim Collins' book, Good to Great? We're going to see that play out even more so in this next phase of um, our of our economy and the leadership and the effectiveness of organizations and communities. And even so, as you look at government, you know, you can mm-hmm. look at the different governors around the mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. and their approach to leadership around this crisis has been mm-hmm. phenomenal. So I don't care if you're blue or red, there are some good um, examples on both sides, right? Yes, yes. Of yes, where yes, you're yes. seeing servant leadership step up. Yeah. In a real kind of way. And, um, you know, just a plug here in the state of Ohio with our governor, Governor DeWine, you're seeing that. And I'm yeah. like dead on or Cuomo in New York. You're, yeah. ju- you're just seeing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's coming. It's coming from a place of 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 as Brene Brown talks about vulnerability plus um, critical thinking. So that yeah. feeling is, is I connect with you first. And I, I, I connect with myself and how I'm dealing with it personally, and I extend that same feeling or belief to somebody else. I can be compassionate about that, and I can make the tough decisions. But I try to make the tough, tough decisions being compassionate and having to balance the safety of the people who live in my state or in my company with the the fact that if I don't keep a business profitable, everybody loses. Right. And it's exactly. it's a delicate balance. Mm-hmm. So you know, as we close up here, if you had to say say I'm a, a new you know somebody that you know, and I've come to you, and I'm wringing my hands, and I I don't know what to do in this whole process here. What would be, you know, I've got this workforce, I've got, you know, five, seven, eight hundred employees. 
how do I move them from this idea of grief to, um, you know, some place where we can begin to have a place, have a, a place, a community in my workplace that's going to be productive, and we can kind of get past this. And, and particularly, if you could just kind of do those who have not done this in the past versus those who might have. Because the ones who have done it before, they've at least got an anchor they can pull through. But there are a whole lot of, of companies, leaders, who have not been asking of their HR departments to step up and help us figure out how to how to have this compassionate leadership in the workplace. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, Denise, there's a couple of things, right? So, like, you know, right now we're we're chatting with our clients and customers about if you haven't been listening, this is the best time to listen. Oh, okay, good. To your employees and understanding where their mindset is at the moment, what do they need, what's going to help them move through the continuum from grief back to thriving, right? Mm-hmm. And in the world of organizations, right, there's this whole concept of change and transitions. Mm-hmm. And if you can think of COVID-19 as a major global event change, change mm-hmm. event, mm-hmm. we as humans, we transition to change through change. Mm-hmm. And if you're not listening now, you're going to miss out on some very important things to help your organization move through through the steps of, of um, from grief to thriving, back to health and well-being, kind of both at an individual level and a collective organizational level. And so, what would be those things? What do we need to pay attention to? Uh, you need to pay attention to um, mindset, overall degree of level of optimism, level mm-hmm. of um, self accountability, the, the degree of. Um, ability uh, around resilience and overcoming and dealing with uh, adversity. Um, you need to understand the level of accountability um, that people are having um, within the organization. Right. So those are some of the, the, the core tenets. And the level of vitality, right, because okay. this is taxing on people, right. both right. physically right. and mentally. So where's right. your level of energy? I, You know, um, when I'm on web conferences with my team and our clients, you can just feel that some folks are really taxed because yeah. I, you know, I, I was chatting with somebody and we're like, well, I got the dog that's in here every five minutes, and my little, they've got small kids, my kids are in here, and my spouse is needing something, and, you know, and I still have to get work done. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that level of vitality, if people are still going to be working remote for a period of time, right. how do we help them recalibrate where they are on that spectrum? And that's the thing about um, humans going through transitions is that there's various things, both from an intrinsic standpoint, that we need to enable and equip employees to be able to help them move through that, back to that individual leadership and accountability but then there are other things from an organizational leadership and tools and resources that I think organizations are going to either have to repackage what they've got or go get new tools and resources to help people move through that continuum, both in enabling and equipping the leaders 
from an effectiveness standpoint, and then what do we need to do to feed um, and support the employee base? And we've, you know, we've been working through um, uh, a new offering coming out to be able to help organizations be able to capture the mindset of employees as they move through that grief transition back to thriving so organizations can listen better to take better and more informed action on what to do um, to create a new to create the new normal not the return to normal <laughs> yes, I, don't yeah, think I don't think we're going back to what was yeah. and what I'd like to back data before this new product is coming out or this new um, additive to your product is is that you the way I can explain it or the way I like to look at it is much the same way as we look at customer segmentation data Mm-hmm. So it's something that's already familiar to an executive because they're used to looking at customer segmentation and uh, customer experience data and matching that kind of data to sales. And so the, the format and the conversations that you have with them are similar, and so it's something that's easy to them and documentable from the same perspective, the same mindset, as they use other things, where some programs, it's the language is so out of sync with what people normally think about, talk about, it takes a little bit more effort to explain it. Data still might be as good, but it takes effort to understand it. And so the fact that yours is so in sync with that kind of customer experience, and now we're just calling it employee experience, and how that matters to the bottom line, and grief, and this idea of how do you create a thriving, um, high-performing organization is really a cool aspect of it. You know I'm your fan. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, this has been my life's work, you know, when I was inside, working inside of organizations to now here at Talmetrics, and very much so because, you know, I started my career off in marketing, and I've our brothers and sisters in marketing are already thinking about the customer experience and how they're going to be able to re-engage them. The mm-hmm. leaders in HR need to be thinking about the same thing from the employee experience. Yeah. What is it going to take to enable, educate, enable, and equip our employees to move through this transition back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then launching into creating the new reality or the new uh, new normal, um, because I'm talking to folks and myself included. I, I'm using this as a great defi- def- defining moment for me, and yes. saying, "Hey, what do I? What don't I want it? I don't. What don't I want to go back to? <laughs> right, and right, then right. What do I want to change? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do I want to go forward to? You know, yes. and the whole thing of. I'm fighting for something new, and here's mm-hmm. what I'm I'm moving towards, and that's why we developed this new diagnostics uh, employee experience um, um, constructs of surveys of being able to help organizations get to focusing on renewal and growth to drive mm-hmm. impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what I think um, you, you said so much in that I don't even know how to start with it, but. I think we have to redefine, at least, you know, redefine the way we've been thinking about teams and leadership and mm-hmm. employee engagement, et cetera, to, you know, this, this idea of really stop talking about it, you know, where a team is more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, you know, it really is about how do we make it more 
comfortable or at least ease the process of transition change in the workplace because it's happening fast. And if we didn't think it was happening fast before, COVID has set a new level for fast, right? <laughs> hey, my wig is on backwards. That's how fast yeah, I'm it's telling gone. you, it whipped, it whipped us a new one so quickly. Um, that it, the interesting piece of, you know, as you were talking about Maslow's hierarchy, how fast we can fall down to that level of safe, personal safety and what that does to our ability to focus on anything. I mean, we're, we're not much past who we were, you know, hundreds of years ago when we were being chased by saber-toothed tigers, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first thing we got to do if we hear a noise in the woods is, do I eat it or is it going to eat me? And so right. <laughs> that and, idea the, 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 is the same here. Yeah, but the challenge, you know, Denise, is that this light lion or tiger is quiet. Yeah. You don't hear yeah. it sneaking up on you. Yeah, and you don't see it. And you don't see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So the question becomes, how do we create that, you know, help, because everybody is so focused on the fear of getting it, there, there's, you know, how do you you connect them so that we're all now focused on a particular goal that is about service from the company's perspective? And then how do I have one foot on making sure that I'm personally safe to the other foot is, is I've got to engage with a team of individuals who now because of the fact that, you know, we need to rethink how we do business. So it's not my team of people who think like I do have the same expertise. I'm going to have to work with people who are not like me from, you know, IT getting with HR, which getting with marketing, which getting with operations. And now we've got to deal with the fact that I've got to come up with not only am I worried because I don't know you that well, is there an issue for my own personal safety, but now I've also got to worry about my how do I keep my career going forward? How do I contribute? I mean, there's so much going on in the workplace that managers, executives are going to have to have conversations. And there are no easy answers right. to any of this. And it's all going to require experimentation and forgiveness. And that is something very new in the workplace. Well, I, you know, you talk about forgiveness. And uh, it was something I grew up with in um, hearing as a kid the power of grace, mm -hmm. you know, and which is connected to empathy and uh, collective, you know, well-being, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be another piece of um, of organizations having a higher degree of empathy. Yeah. Um, and how that manifests itself via leadership as well as a cultural um, um, norm inside yeah. of organizations is going yeah. to, I think, make a huge, huge difference going forward of those companies that are able to attract and retain the talent that they need going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so here's the good side. Fortunately, you know, people like you, and I encourage all my listeners, if you, if you just want to explore this conversation, get in touch with Talmetrics. They can have this conversation with you where you can find what the gems are that you can build upon to move mm -hmm. yourself forward out of this. You know, I've been trying to do this. There are other companies, there are other organizations who really do get this piece of 
the new kind of team, the new kind of leadership, and have been singing the song. But more importantly, not only just singing it, but they've got the data and they've got the expertise up under it that generates the kinds of results that businesses are going to need pretty darn quick. Because, you know, for retail, they've got, you know, 50, 60% of their, their income comes between October and December. So if they're going to survive, they've got to get this right as fast as they possibly can. Well, you know, Denise, you're hitting on something that um, I'm writing about as we speak. Um, mm -hmm. You know, engagement, the new model of capitalism and compassion meet. Oh, yeah. People, purpose, and profit, right? And so mm -hmm. to your point, that's what, uh, you know, that's been the exciting thing about my own professional career and what we do here at Talmetrics is helping companies make that connection of what's unique about them and how yeah. do they connect capitalism and compassion with people, profit, and um, and uh, purpose. Perfect, perfect. And that's a good place for us to pause. Um, I, I'm so thrilled. I, I so am privileged that you took some time away. I know you are just like everyone else trying to make sure that you're not only serving your customers, but you're serving the employees in your organization. Um, if, if you like this podcast, folks, please share it, like it. Um, if you need to get a hold of um, Chris at Calmetrics, Chris, LinkedIn, what? Tell us, tell us how uh, we do this. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Powell at Talmetrics. You can find me there. You can also email me at Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, at Talmetrics.com, or go to our um, social media platforms on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find me there as well. All right, then. Folks, you, all I'm saying is if you don't start the conversation, you're never going to find the answers that you need. That's the end of another um, great podcast. I hope you all agree. That's a wrap. Creating a psychologically safe workplace is not going to be easy, but you can start the conversation at your next meeting by asking these questions. One, in your work group, what is needed to have superior communication? Two, how do you know personally when you've reached the edge and how would you know when your team, a teammate, and how would your manager know when as a team you are reaching the edge of burnout? Three, before the pandemic, what did you do well? How are you going to leverage that going forward? And lastly, what's the one thing you can do to balance the need for a speedy decision-making and getting into action with punishing people for mistakes? And that way you're not stifling accountability. Let me know how you're doing, what you're facing, and how you're implementing your ideas that are helping you move forward. Your questions and comments will help me design future episodes where together we will be closing the gap, helping others move from where they are today to the next level of performance. If you have a comment or a question, please leave it on this website or go to my website, www.denisecooperinc.com, or you can leave a message right here in the tabs below. See ya, have a great week, and remember to be safe. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>